Hello there, motherfuckers. This is episode 39 of Nick the American. We are so close to 40. And I know the number 39 is not the greatest sports number you've ever seen in your life. It's actually just not very pleasing to the eye. It just kind of sucks. But I know all the Denver Bronco fans that are listening to this show are saying, what the hell are you talking about, Nick? What are you talking about? The Denver Broncos acquired Ray Crockett from the Detroit Lions in free agency in the 90s. Ray Crockett went on to win a couple Super Bowls back-to-back with the Denver Broncos. Ray Crockett was number 39, ladies and gentlemen. Shout out to good old Ray freaking Crockett, Denver Bronco secondary legend. Woo! All right. Well, this past week, my son... Three other wrestlers, Hazen High School, four girls on the wrestling side uh, for Hazen, made state as well, had their one shining moment. You know that, in the blinking of an eye, that moment's gone, and when it's done, win or lose, you know you did your best, and inside you knew. I just fucked that song up. But we had our one shining moment at the Tacoma Dome. And uh, unfortunately, my son did not place at state. He lost a super tight match to a kid named Paul Carpio, who was really good. Uh, actually, a freshman, too. A freshman prodigy. But uh, he wrestled his ass off. It was 4-3, and he, he made a move with 10 seconds left, and it didn't work out. He ended up losing 6-3. It's just the way it goes. Now, none of our boys placed except for one. We had a, a young man named Mario Deanda Lopez who finished fourth. He was actually in the semifinals on the second day. He made it to the second day. And uh, I'll tell you, all of the wrestlers, I feel like they're my boys at some point. You've watched them so many times. You want to see them wrestle. And after all day Friday at the Tacoma Dome, an incredible event, by the way, the WIA put on the the. the, the the logistics that goes on to put on a wrestling tournament of this caliber when you have this many schools and you have this many high school classifications and you have girls and you have boys, this thing ran about as smooth as smooth could be. So, But anyways, so we have this boy named Mario. He made it to the Final Four. He was wrestling on Saturday. And it was on Friday night. I told my wife, hey, I'm, I'm going to go back out to the Tacoma Dome. And she's like, you are? Really? And it, it's a it's a hassle. Parking, it's a bitch. It cost me 40 bucks to park. But uh, I said, I Mario's got a real shot at winning this whole thing. He's got a real shot at winning this whole thing. And I've got to be there. I'm a Hazen grad. I'm not sure a Hazen wrestler's ever won it. So Mario locked horns with a kid named Baxter from Arlington, and uh, it was a super tight match. And uh, he ends up losing 4 nothing, And uh, he ends up winning a couple more matches after that, and he secures his fourth-place spot because once you go down to the loser's bracket, it's tough sledding. But uh, hats off to you, Mario. Hats off to you, Carter. Uh, Arthur, hats off to you. You know, Arthur was a lower seed, and he got stuck down. 
And uh, he ended up winning three days. He didn't qualify for the second day, but he ends up winning three matches. He's such an improved wrestler. I root for him so hard, just like he was one of my own. And then there's Big Steno, our 285-pound gentle giant. Uh, Steno didn't fare well. He was kind of like my son, didn't fare so well. However, Steno is a junior. He is a junior. And he will be state-ranked in the top 10 next year preseason. And so I'm expecting big things out of you, Steno. And, and, and Steno, if you're listening, I, I hope you're playing football. I really do. Selfishly, I do. I'm coaching the offensive line, defensive line. Steno is a massive human, and I want him on the team. Just like, hey, the year before, I was just doing everything I could to see if Mario would play football because had Mario played football, it would have been an enormous jolt to our football team. An enormous jolt of talent. That didn't happen. Thanks a lot, Mario. I know you weren't healthy. I know you weren't healthy. But uh, this is the culmination of my son Carter wrestling for seven years. A lot of them have been wrestling the same amount of time, seven, six, five years, something like that. And, and you know, I if I have any regrets, it maybe maybe, you know, instead of playing baseball. With Carter, he should have been wrestling. And instead, I was coaching him in, in baseball. So maybe we could have got him into it earlier. But uh, yeah, just a very special time at the Tacoma Dome. And it is so hard if you've ever been to one of these events. I mentioned one shining moment. In a blinking of an eye, that moment's gone. And holy shit, is that true? Because my son lost his last match on Friday. And... Uh, he was pretty distraught. He was upset, and he was sitting down on the ground crying. And uh, he's he's taking off his his wrestling shoes, and 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 it kind of hits home there for a second. Is he going to put those babies back on ever again? Is this it? And you saw so many young men and so many young women lose. And, and you're watching them on the concourse somewhere with their mom or their dad or their wrestling coach, and they're inconsolable, they're crying. And you, you ask yourself this over and over and over throughout Friday and Saturday, is that the last time? This is really sad. This is really sad. And so I'm not exactly sure. We're still working on a, a, a post-high school plan for Carter. I'm not so sure he's a student, but he's a wrestler for sure. I told him, hey, don't give up wrestling. You don't have to go wrestle collegiately. Continue to fight. There's a, a roughhouse gym downtown Renton that he goes to. Pick up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Enter tournaments. It, keep in shape. It's, it, it's who you are. Uh, he's coaching the middle school wrestling team. Get involved with wrestling. Maybe it's time to transition from being a full-time wrestler to a coach and actually giving something back, Carter. So maybe that's maybe that, that that's in the works for you. But uh, one shining moment for the the Hazen boys and Hazen girls wrestling. I, I also got to shout out watching some of these wrestlers. Just I'm in awe of all of them, the girls, the boys. I I'm, I am absolutely in awe. But there was a kid from Sumner named Cody Miller. And he finished his wrestling career at 143 and 0. He's never lost a match. He won his third straight state championship at 150 pounds. Watching him was incredible. Another shout out to the Tahoma High School wrestling team. Get this Tahoma High School wrestling 
it's got to be the best program in the state. And boy, you know, if you have any any disagreement about that, listen to this. Tahoma qualified 20 wrestlers to go to state, and they had a state record 12 wrestlers place at state, including, you know, uh, there's a kid named uh, Crew Lambro. Crew Lambro. I love the name from the movie Rad. Hell, I wanted to name Carter. My first son, Carter, Crew, and my wife nixed it. So that didn't happen. But we don't, there's there's a couple of people that we went to high school with. They were years, uh, they were a few years older than us. And like me and my wife, they dated in high school and dated in college and ended up getting married. And I don't know, know them that well. I, I know their brothers, you know, they're, they're some of their family members who were my age, much better. But they have a son named Crew Lambro. He wrestles for Tahoma. He's a 106 pounds, and most of these 106 pounders, you know, they're just super tiny. But this this crew from Tahoma, he is one built son of a bitch for 100. I don't know how they pack all that muscle in 106 pounds. But he went on in the first match of the finals. And he won an incredible match, 5-4, to win the state championship as a sophomore. So good on you, Tahoma Wrestling. Good on you, Crew Lambro. Let's put a period at the end of wrestling for now. What a badass sport. So damn badass. Hey, I know why I wasn't a wrestler. It was too much of a pussy. Jesus. Okay. All right. Next, next, next thing on the agenda. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. What's he owe? Four to five hundred million dollars, and he's got to come up with it in in a month. We know he uh, he owes E John E John Carroll eighty five million bucks for the rape and the defamation suit, the civil suit. And uh, I, I know I know Biden's weaponizing the DOJ, and it was Biden who slipped his finger inside E John Carroll's. <laughs> I know. Wait a second, that was Donald Trump. That was Donald Trump. So he owes $83 million there. And let, let, let's talk about E. John Carroll for just a quick second. If you ever read the deposition of Trump, you and you just change his name from Donald Trump to Paul Smith, you read this and you're like, that motherfucker sexually assaulted her. You just read Trump's words and you're like, he sexually assaulted her. Well, and, and a judge agreed. Not only did he sexually assault her, but he also defamed the hell out of her. Of course he did, because he can never shut the fuck up. But I think it's funny. He reportedly, he, he stuck his fingers inside old E. John Carroll. He also got E. John Carroll. He said she wasn't his type, but I'm telling you, if you looked at e, pictures of E. John Carroll in the 90s, she was every man's type. She was every man's type. You see an older woman now, but in the 90s, she was every man's type. But uh, does anybody remember the Access Hollywood tape when, when Trump, you know, on a hot mic in a bus with a bunch of strangers, basically, Sober, Trump doesn't drink, so he's sober too. But he talks about how sometimes he can't control himself and he's got TikToks just in case he needs to stick his tongue down a, a, a woman's throat. And sometimes he'll just grab him by the pussy. You know, he'll lip them like a largemouth bass. Basically, on a hot mic that Trump didn't know existed, he was describing sexual assault. Nearly the same damn sexual assault he got pinned with with E. John Carroll. Anybody think he didn't slide those fingers in unwelcomed? Huh? Well, apparently the judge didn't think so. Or the, excuse me, the judge thought so. So he owes E. John Carroll like 85 million bucks. And then 
He owes another $355 million to the state of New York for tax fraud. And gosh, tax fraud. You know, I remember I was in Pensacola, Florida at a hotel bar, and I had a Republican, right-wing Republican, and this is before the days of Trump, reading me the riot act about how we don't need to raise fucking taxes. You stupid liberal, he's telling me. He didn't call me stupid, but he's very intense, very upset, saying people don't pay their taxes. If we got people to pay their fucking taxes, we wouldn't need to raise taxes. And he was telling me half the country doesn't pay taxes. And and, and I'm not sure, you know, some of the other claim, claims he was making. But it, the point of it was people don't pay taxes. Well, Trump, it was an art form. It was an art form. And again, anybody who thinks Biden or Merrick Garland is weaponizing the DOJ against Trump, Biden didn't take his square footage on his properties and triple them. Okay, Biden didn't do that. Imagine, imagine if you own a 3,000 square foot house, you're trying to get a bank loan or you're trying to do whatever, get some money out, equity out, and, you, and, and, and you're able somehow, some way to, instead of your 3,000 square foot home, it's a 9,000 square foot home. Instead of your house being worth $800,000, it's worth $2.4 million. I wouldn't want to get caught doing that, would you? I wouldn't blame anybody. I wouldn't blame the Republicans. I wouldn't blame any other fucking political party. I'd blame myself. You tripled the value of your properties? Yikes. You got nailed. You got fucking nailed. And that's how they get all the bad dudes, right? Trump likened himself to Al Capone. Hey, how do they get the mobsters? Not for murder or tax evasion. For tax evasion. So Trump's got to come up with, God, $500 million dollars in the next 30 days. And we've seen a couple of moves. He's selling shoes now. He's selling shoes. Selling perfume. Okay. He he has started a go actually he hasn't started. There's a GoFundMe page for Trump. Yes. Yes. Please, Mega, show me how fucking dumb you are. Yeah, Nick the Uniter, I know calling people mean names. Shouldn't do that, Nick. Go give the king money. Go give the king money. I think the most important move, maybe, that he made, Laura, I'm not sure if it's official. Laura Trump, Eric Trump's wife, is now in charge of the RNC. Basically, Trump is now in charge of the RNC. And one of the jobs of here's the problem that I would be worried about if I was a Republican and I cared about up and down the ballot Republicans winning in November. The job of the RNC is not just to help the president or the, the the person running for president, and Trump in this case, to win, but it's also to help every congressman, every senator, up and down the ballot all across the country formulate a comp- competent campaign that, that the RNC can help fund. If I was a Republican, I would be worried because... As Nikki Haley just pointed out, this is going to turn into Trump's personal piggy bank. That one of the reasons why he's running for president, the two reasons why he's running for president, he's trying to save his ass, right? Pardon himself, get all these charges dropped, but he also needs to fund this legal effort against him. The tune of it's going to be, you know, God, I don't know even know what his his legal bills are going to be. If it's going to be a hundred million, if it's going to be two hundred million, when. 
all of these indictments, all all the dust settles. What's his what is his legal fees going to be? And so he just he's got these super PACs, stop the steel pack, where he, you know people send him fifty million bucks, and he's got wide discretion to use that money as he see fits on travel, entertainment, apparently legal fees. But I, I got, did Rona McDaniel fail because maybe not enough money was flowing through the RNC? Because when Trump does a pack for stop the steal and he raises fifty million. That's probably $50 million that the, the RNC needs to figure out how they get back. If it's not going to them and it's going to just Trump, they've got to raise money. Did Rona McDaniel have a fundraising squeeze? I know financially they seemed like they were in trouble. I'm not sure. Point is, she didn't win enough races. She didn't raise enough money. Is Trump to blame for some of that? Probably. Probably. But now that Laura Trump is in charge of the RNC, Basically, that means Donald Trump is in charge of the RNC. The party takeover is almost fucking complete. It's almost complete. Let's see if Trump can sell enough shoes. I think there's only like a thousand available at three hundred ninety-nine dollars a pop. I won't be buying those those gold shoes, but uh, boy, if I see you wearing them, I'll come up, put my arm around you, and tell you what a great American you are. But uh, anyways. All right, let's let let let's let's stay political. Let's stay political. I, I this country needs two viable political parties. And although you may listen to this and totally disagree with the Democratic Party, they're totally you know that's fine. That's fine. I disagree a lot of times, but they're viable. When Nancy Pelosi was the Speaker of the House, and you listened to Newt Gingrich talk about her, most powerful, maybe most productive Speaker of all time, Nancy had her house in order. She could control her house. I'm calling out the House Republicans. They can't even agree on a speaker. They can't even vote on a speaker. They're on their second speaker, and there's literally calls within Republican circles in the House to remove Mike Johnson, the second speaker, and go to a third speaker. It'd be less than a year, and they'd be on three speakers if this happens. Not sure it's going to. We've talked about how the House and the Senate are different, the congressional lines, the districts. You can be a crazy liberal, you can be a crazy Republican, and you get elected in the House because of your district. Well, there's 15 to 30 crazy Republicans who just, whoa, I mean, it's tear it down. It's tear it all down. We vote for nothing. Hey, one way not to increase taxes is just to say no to everything. <laughs> And our girl, Machine Gun Taylor Green, is 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 one of those. Or maybe she's evolving because she got kicked out of the House Freedom Caucus. The House Freedom Caucus, this uber right, say no to everything uh, contingent in the House of Representatives, kicked Machine Gun Taylor Green out. She called them the burn it all down party, the burn it all down group, which she was a part of. But these people... They don't govern. Look at Machine Gun Taylor Green. She, all of her house time, half of, half of her house time on the floor, she's either trying to censure someone or impeach someone. That's what she's trying to do. And I've read a lot of different Republicans going, is this why I was elected? Is this what we were brought forth to do, is to sit on the floor and censure people or impeach people? And hey, to be fair, 
I know Machine Gun Taylor Green. She got censured for saying some stupid shit. And whether it's revenge or she really feels that this is going to make the country better. Let, 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 let's, it, unless it's egregious, and I know the definition of egregious is different to everybody. If a Democrat says it, it's egregious to a Republican. If a Republican says it, it's egregious to a Democrat. Let's fucking stop censuring people and stop impeaching people unless it's Trump. <laughs> They've had so much time to impeach Biden. Why can't they do it? We, the Democrats needed a half hour to come up with a case against Trump. He was done. He was dead to rights. He was fucking guilty as shit. Okay. You want to impeach Biden for what? The border? His son, Hunter? Let's stop censuring. Let's stop impeaching. And and House of Representatives, we need two viable, viable parties. The Democrats' house is, is in order. Disagree with them all you want. Their house is in order. The Republicans? Are you fucking shitting me? This is... This is the most chaotic, uh, this has to be the most chaotic house, the most unproductive house in my lifetime, in my lifetime. The weakest set of speakers with Kevin McCarthy and Mike Johnson in my, oh, excuse me, in my lifetime. So we need two parties. Get your shit together, Republicans, because if, if all you can do is censure and impeach and not put forth meaningful legislation, then not even be able to vote for a speaker because you guys can't agree, then what's the point of electing Republicans if they can't get shit done? So Republicans, put your boots on, pull your fucking pants up, and start getting shit done. Important shit for the American people. Whether I agree with it or disagree with it, show the American people that you've got your house in order. Okay, okay. What's next? Rashida Tlaib, our girl Rashida. Michi she's a, from the state of Michigan. We've already covered this. We hear that uh, what she, she governs over uh, Dearborn, Dearborn, Michigan, the jihadist capital of the world, the Muslim capital of the state, excuse, excuse me, of the country. I, I see this, and everyone's worried, oh, God, there's going to be some backlash for this because we called Dearborn apparently has a huge Muslim population. I believe they have a Muslim mayor. Everyone should take a chill pill. So fucking what? Good on Dearborn. Good on Muslims that they've got a place to coalesce. Do you think the Italians fucking separated when they came over here? Or they stuck together? How about the Irish? How about the Jews? How about the Mexicans? How about the Russians? That's what people do. For, for every Muslim Dearborn, there's an Italian this, or there's a Jewish settlement called this. The Irish set up shop here. So we just have such a negative view of different sets of immigrants. And this has been happening forever in our country. It's just kind of a natural progression. When people hear Dearborn and, and, and Jihad, they should chill out. They should fucking chill out, okay? Until we find a terrorist cell there, then we, then, then we can get serious. These are people trying to become Americans. These are people trying to settle down and fit in. Let's not make it more difficult. Let's not make it more difficult. But I bring up Rashida Tlaib. She's threatening Joe Biden. She's threatening Joe Biden. As am I, damn it. As am I. 
She wants more from Joe Biden and the White House with regards to the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. We saw nearly 30,000 Palestinians have been killed since the start of this conflict. And uh, Rashida Tlaib wants more, wants more. She wants more from the president. She wants more from the White House. And her way of, of getting more maybe is threatening him, voting let's see, uncommitted on the ballot, on the primary ballot in Michigan. She's going to try to send a message to Joe. And and I'm all for sending messages. That is absolutely great. The only issue I have with Rashida Tlaib's message is, Rashida, do you realize the other side? It's going to be 100% Israel. They are going to see nothing from the Palestinian point of view. Watch. I brought this up many episodes ago, watching the Republican debate. Israel has a right to defend itself. Israel has a right to fucking blow them off the map. Basically, that was the rhetoric. There, there was no, there was no talk of the Palestinian people at all. So Rashida Tlaib, you, 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 you can boycott Biden all you want, but when push comes to shove, you better hope he wins because the alternative, your Palestinian effort, it's, it's going to go by the wayside. It's going to go by the wayside. And and it, 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 it's very interesting. I mean, the Palestinians, the Hamas, <clears throat> they're the perpetrator of, of this awful, this horrific terrorist attack that kills a ton of Israelis, the worst attack since the Holocaust. And and somehow, some way, it's brought to light what Israel's been, you know, the cultural genocide. Israel's not innocent in all of this, and they haven't been for decades and decades and decades. Hamas was able to commit this horrible act, and in some ways, we see the Palestinians in a little bit better light, or we understand them a little bit more. And I, and I don't know how to feel about that. Yeah, I, I know Israel's not innocent. I know they're not innocent, but it got it's really hard to get behind the Palestinians when there's someone like Hamas that's attached to them. And and, and I know that's probably so damn unfair, but. If I was Rashida Tlaib, I would want keep pushing, but I'd also be grateful. I'd also be grateful. I think there is more light shed on the Israeli-Palestine conflict now than there ever has been. More people know about it. More people are sympathetic to the Palestinians and their plight. So I'm not saying Biden should call her bluff or whatever, and I, I don't think she's she's ultimately serious about not voting for Joe Biden. I am. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. What we need, what we need is Joe Biden to step down. I've said it. I just read an article from Nate Silver saying, you know, it was very alarming that Joe Biden didn't, uh, did, didn't speak, didn't have an interview during the Super Bowl. Why not? Are you going to, hey, Democratic Party, hey, White House, are you going to hide Joe Biden and hide him away the best you can and hope and hope his gaffes are held to a minimum and somehow that's going to win you the election? Why didn't you speak at the Super Bowl? Not speaking uh, you know, in front of a, a reporter, something Trump does. Trump doesn't like the, you know, the, the media outlet or whoever's going to give the interview. He didn't speak. Does anybody remember Obama? Super Bowl time, Obama sits down with Fox News and Bill O'Reilly. 
And that's how America should be handled. Our president sitting down with a news network and a media pundit who they disagree with each other. And they have a civil debate. They have a good talk, which O'Reilly and Obama did. We didn't really get that with Trump. We're not getting that with Joe Biden. And it's bullshit. And it's bullshit. If the Democratic Party thinks they can hide this old son of a bitch, then they got another thing coming. As Nate Silver warned, you know, if it's Biden, he may very well lose. He may very well lose. So we're going to cross our fingers that people like, you know, once it's official and it's Biden and it's Trump and it's and it's three or four months from the election, that the fear of Trump will will just guide people to the polling booths and the absentee ballots and and they'll vote for Biden. I, I, I'm going to keep on harping on this almost every fucking episode. Joe Biden in June or on the 4th of July, you step down. If you're Laura Trump now, not my girl Rona McDaniel, if you're Laura Trump, if you're the RNC, if you're a Republican who really wants Trump to win, the last thing you want is three fresh candidates in their 50s fucking with, with records. And that's the last thing you want is Andy Bashir or Pete Buttigieg or Wes Moore stepping up to the plate going, yeah, I'll run against Trump. I'll run against Trump. And how many Democrats would jump into the, We've talked about this too. How many would jump in? Because let's say a, a really smart, sharp Democrat jumps in you better jump in too if you're a Democrat because it could be it could be 2032 before you see the presidency, an opportunity at the presidency again. Not having to run a primary, going straight into the general against Trump, as flawed a candidate as we've ever seen. This is the opportunity of a lifetime for some Democrats. I start talking about Rashida Tlaib and Dearborn and then I get on, on, on Biden. Like, holy shit. Step down. Step down. Okay. All right. You know, I played that Ronald Reagan immigration video, and it was so touching. It like it brings me to almost some tears, and it got a, it, it fired up a lot of people. A lot of a lot of comments when we posted it on some of the social media outlets, and uh, it's a lot of nasty comments too. Um, but I want to point out to the Republicans who were a little nasty to Nick the American about the, the Reagan video. Reagan, he, three million illegal immigrants he granted amnesty to in 1986, okay? That's how much Reagan believed in immigration. Everyone's, no, he was only talking about legal immigration. He was only talking about legal immigration. Well, he fucking granted amnesty to 3 million illegals in 1986. Oh, my God. Did it ruin the country? Oh, my goodness. So this immigration thing, it got me thinking. And I've listened to Machine Gun Taylor Green. I've listened to Trump. If he's elected, we're going to be a part of the biggest mass deportation in the history of mankind. They're going to mass deport 12 million illegal immigrants from our country. Okay, this got me thinking. I was looking up the numbers. How many Ill illegal immigrants are in, in in the United States? Somewhere between, say, 11 million and 17 million. We'll call it 14.5 million illegals. Okay, illegal immigrants, people who didn't come here, I guess, the right way. 
but they came here by any means necessary because we are that shining city on a hill. That's why you come here. You don't fucking ask permission. You're getting here, and you're going to try to set up shop and build a better life just like our grandparents' grandparents did and their grandparents did. Now, let's do this, Republican Party. We're going to, if Trump's elected, you're promising to embark on the greatest mass deportation in human history, okay? Tw- they've thrown out the number 12 million. We'll call it 14 point. Let, let's do this. Everybody knows what the rapture is. Christian evangelicals, it's a belief that, I don't know, at some point, all the, the true believers that are dead and all the, the true believers that are, that are on earth will, will float away up into the sky. And, and you know, you know if you've listened to Nick the American long enough, we don't do re- a lot of a religion on this show. I told you Belinda Carlisle is, is uh, our L. Ron Hubbard. Heaven is a place on earth. It's, our religion here on this show is really simple. Heaven's a place on earth. Hell's a place on earth. But for those who are really into the rapture and, and think it may be coming you know, at some point, it's not coming. Well, you don't know that, Nick. You don't know that. It's not coming. Well, you don't know that, Nick. For those of us interested in the rapture, let's do this. What if we could do immigration rapture, rapture immigration, and we can take the 14 million illegal immigrants in this country and instantly, instantly make them disappear? Is that what we want? I would love, could we just do that for a day? Could we make that possible? I want all 14 million illegal immigrants to do nothing for a week. Don't do anything. Don't move a muscle. Act like you've floated up to heaven, just disappeared. What do you think the American economy would look like if we lost so many of our low-level workers in this economy? Who would be cleaning your hotel rooms in Las Vegas? Who would be picking your fruit? Who would be doing so many of the jobs that second, third, and fourth generation Americans don't want to do, refuse to do. What if every illegal immigrant in this country disappeared? Ask yourself that question. What would happen? Would our economy be brought to its knees? Do illegal immigrants actually help our economy? They make it grow? Maybe, maybe. Immigration rapture. Rapture immigration. I don't, you know, I don't know. Maybe we can come up with a better name for it. I'm not sure. What if they all disappeared? Think about that. All right. We keep moving. You know, I'm not happy with my political party. I'm not happy with the incumbent president. My fucking football team, the Denver Broncos, suck. My Seattle Mariners look like they're probably going to suck again. Never made it to the World Series. My Washington Huskies get beat in the national championship game and then get their roster and their coaching staff obliterated. That sucks. So many different things suck for me. Okay? And you know what? My sport of boxing, my beloved sport of boxing, which I have not talked about in a while, 
It's starting to suck, too. It's starting to suck, too. HBO and Showtime no longer tele- televised boxing. So we've got ESPN. We've got Fox does some stuff. There's a, a pay-per-view outlet called DAZN, D-A-Z-N. Okay? When it first started, you're going to pay 10 bucks a month or 120 bucks a year, and all the fights are free. We're going to just have a, a, a plethora of fights. We are going to do away with pay-per-view, DAZN said, and the DAZN executives. They they had Eddie Hearn from Matchroom as their big promoter, and Eddie was going to go around buying up all the boxers, throw them on DAZN, and for one monthly fee, you get everything. They even got Canelo Alvarez, the biggest star in the sport, and they were doing commercials with Canelo Alvarez saying, pay-per-view's done. And he would say, see, 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 yes, no more pay-per-view, see. DAZN lied. They do pay-per-views. They've they keep upping the fees. Basically, DAZN right now is women's boxing, women's British boxing, and like C-level British contenders. That's what DAZN is turning into. So, and boxers make so much money at the top of the sport. Way much, way more money than UFC fighters. And my fear here with boxing is that. Basically, every decent fight now is on pay-per-view. And I love pay-per-view. I like it. I wish it was all free. Sure. I like a great pay-per-view event. Uh, But I like to pay for the right fight. And it is becoming far too normal for a fight that belongs on HBO Championship Boxing or just a regular network. Now it's on pay-per-view for $59.99 or $69.99. And you're like, What have these guys done to earn a pay-per-view spot? And so you've heard me talk about the Saudis. Enter the Saudis. I I, I fear that almost any big fight has to happen now in Saudi Arabia because the fighters have been accustomed to making so much money. They want that Saudi money. They want that Saudi money. And so I'm, I'm I'm just down on my sport of boxing. I think I just had to talk about it for a second. Prince Khalid from the Saudis. Hey, own the sport of boxing, but be smart. Don't just don't just have events in the kingdom. Don't just have events in the kingdom. Have work with promoters. You have to, Saudis. You should work with every promoter, and you could promote the kingdom from Las Vegas, from Atlantic City, from Madison Square Garden, from Riyadh too. But mix it up. Mix it up. Work with everybody, Saudis. Work with everybody. Don't make the same mistake that that everybody else has made. And the reason why you don't have to make this mistake is because your pockets are deep. Your pockets are deep. I think you literally could buy anybody, anybody. And that includes promoters. That includes ranking, IBF, WBA, WBC. You definitely probably can buy the IBF, no doubt about it. But I just had to throw that in there. I'm just so down on my sport of boxing right now. And, and, And here's the thing. The talent pool, I'm not going to bore you with all the talent. It's crazy. There are so many great young fighters, killers out there. I just don't know where they're going to fight, what kind of platform they're going to fight on, and fucking how much it's going to cost me. Goodness gracious. So, all right, let's wrap this baby up. Let's wrap this up. You know, I guess we could talk about the king one more time. Trump called the United States a failing nation. A failing nation. Of course he did. Of course he did. And if he gets elected, 
30 seconds in, it will no longer be a failing nation. That's how Trump works. The nation was the greatest we've ever seen on January 19th. When Biden got elected on January 20th, it was a failing nation. That's how this fucking moron operates. Okay. We we also heard him. This this uh, this this one makes me crack up. For years, when Obama was president, Trump said that the uh, the the jobs reports would come out were fake. They were fake. Trump claimed that unemployment was was. I know we hate Biden. Biden makes all these gaffes. Trump just fucking just straight out lies. He said the unemployment record uh, rate was thirty percent, not not the lowest it had ever been. Uh, it was like five percent, six percent. I don't know when Obama left office, but Trump would say the numbers are fake. The numbers are fake. Trump got into office. He was in office for like 14 days. Sean Spicer is his uh, uh, White House press secretary. And they asked him, does Trump feel these numbers? The jobs report came out and there was job growth. Oh my God, there was job growth. And he laughed and he said, Trump says these numbers are very real. So I point out that when Trump calls the the nation failing, it's all bullshit. And, and I'm reading all of these comments on social media from people who agree with me or disagree with me and really dislike me. But there's a common theme amongst people that really, really don't like me is that, and that they love Trump is that Trump loves America. He is the only president in my lifetime that's loved America. These, this, I'm reading stuff what I, that I've read. Wake the fuck up. I'm supposed to be bringing people together. How do I bring people together when a lot of people on one side have an obsession with a dictator? They literally want, if you told them Trump could be president for the next 15 years, they would fucking take it. They would take it because he is the only president that truly loves America. He doesn't love America. He doesn't love the RNC. He doesn't love his supporters. He He loves himself. He loves himself. And if you disagree with me on that, I, I I don't know how we move forward. I don't know how we move forward. This man cares about nothing but himself. Why? Hey, stay tuned, Republican Party. He now owns the RNC. He's going to do everything he can to get himself elected. You think he gives a fuck about up and down ballot Republicans? Really? Really? We're going to find out. We're going to find out. What am I going to do today? I don't know. I've got some work to do. I'm switching bottling manufacturers. I'm getting gouged with pricing. But you know what? I'm going to do something. And that's what you're going to do. Episode 39, ladies and gentlemen. This is Nick the American. I love you. I will see you next week. Take care.